Thanks for clicking play on the latest episode of the Iowa Revolution podcast. Thanks for coming back with us. We took last week off because Dr. Bob was at the Okaboji Writers Retreat. We'll get a recap from him in just a minute. Dr. Bob, how you doing? Missed you. I'm doing great. Yeah, I had fun too. Not only did you miss me, I couldn't think about anything that I was doing, so... I'm sorry, I didn't miss much except what I was in. It was fantastic. Well, I think I'll catch you up on most of the most important things that happened over the week. And uh, I did also want to talk about just right off the top, you got a pretty big buzz right before the Okaboji Writers Retreat. Uh, you had written a response to Ken Rosenboom. He had emailed you about the piece that we had discussed not too long ago. You had a piece in the Kansas City Star. Not exactly sure why it riled Ken up so much, but... I guess just explain that situation and your response. Well, yeah, the uh, piece was on water quality. You know, it just laid out that the Republicans had dismantled water monitoring stations and, you know, and what the consequences were and the shenanigans, you know, in the state legislature about how the two of the uh, uh, water monitoring stations that were taken away were right below the uh, 10,000 beef cattle operation on Bloody Run Creek by one of the legislators' son-in-laws, and I just said, hey, uh, Missouri, it was in the Kansas City Star, and I said, hey, Kansas and Missouri, you're downstream. Here's what's happening. Senator Rosenboom, uh, who, <laughs> according to him, has led uh, as Mr. Water in the legislature, got really mad about it. I didn't mention his name, and he called me all kinds of names. I'm not going to go too deeply into it, but he called me lots of names, had no logic, only misdirection, and and so I let him up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, make sure that you go read that. That's on your Substack, Deep Midwest, along with many other pieces. You keep that updated very frequently, so I would recommend people go check that out. And that kind of leads into the recap of the Okaboji Writers Retreat. I'm sure you were greeted as a victor. Uh, on the first day, I'm sure a lot of your fellow writers were glad that you took him to task when he is going to, you know, write an email like that to one of his constituents. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. There was a little bit of buzz about it because I did it with humor. I did it with. I was self-deprecating. I said where well, I made mistakes. I just, you know, I'm just absolutely, totally honest. And he's so privileged and thinks he's so much better than the rest of us. You know, it's better if you think you're better than the rest of us, if you are more privileged than the rest of us, if you uh, use your elected position in a position in a and actually profit from it and you attack me, I'm just, you know, I just have to respond. And, and I did it and I did it in my way. Dave Price wrote about it. He said, who former WHO political reporter for a long time said there was like nothing he had ever read, which I think is a compliment. <laughs> I would say so. It. so. It was fun, but Ken thinks that, well, he told me he was going to respond and I'll light him up again because I'm bringing logic, humility, knowledge. The truth. The truth, yeah. So that's what I told him. So bring it on <laughs> I did leave out one thing and he went on and he did a tirade about Democrats I'd left out one thing I wanted to say something with 
you do it just because your daddy Trump does. And I just thought, I pulled that back. I thought that might be too much. But Trump's his daddy. Right. Well, he tried to do to you what Trump does to every reporter. Just tried to bully you and use his position to, I guess, put you into submission. Which, he messed with the wrong guy. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I said, if I were wrong and you'd have told me I was wrong, and I would have... I would have said, yeah, sure, I'm wrong. Thanks for pointing it out, Ken, but that isn't what he did. Well, and one other thing that I wanted to mention that really pissed me off was that he brought Chris Jones into it and and basically took a shot at Chris Jones, saying that he's somebody that you can't trust and he's some left-wing loony. And it's like, where is he wrong then, Ken? Again, it was just throwing shit at the wall, hoping that it would stick. And he didn't back up any of his arguments with facts. Well, and Chris is the guy that used to oversee the water monitoring system that the that the uh, Republicans shut down, and they pressured him at the University of Iowa to pull his blog, and he ended up resigning, and just because he was tired of it. But over seven thousand people read that post. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so it was fun. It was just fun. Yeah, people at the writers' workshop liked it. It was fun. I don't want to make too much of it, but. You know, I just dunked on him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. So what else happened? What else did you do at the Okaboji Writers Retreat? You do that at the Lakeside Lab, and this is, what, the third year that that's gone on now? It's the third year. Julie Gamak organizes it. I've participated in in it for two years. Everybody goes there to teach and learn, and it is wonderful. People describe it as nerd camp. Sure. And it's all positive. It's everybody trying, you know, about 300 people or so. Everybody's, some of the best writers in the nation are there. And people that want to learn and teach. And it was just so much fun. It's just, I don't know. Julie Gamak is amazing. I met, you know, so many people. Todd Dorman was there with the Gazette. Uh, Anita Fleming Rife, who's a former broadcaster who worked for the UN. She was in Somalia when Black Hawk Down went down. She wrote up with me. Rochelle Chase, who I love, was there and uh, former reporter with the Register. Ty Rushing was there. He was great. Uh, I met a new poet, Kelsey Bigelow, and she was fantastic. Uh, Nick Heffman was there. He's a producer out of California. Just so many great people I'm missing. It. But if anybody even wants to be a writer, it's very reasonably reasonably priced. It's about eight hundred bucks, I think, to go, and it's That's not three at nights at Lakeside Lab. How much? Yeah, and with all that instruction, most of your food. Right. I mean, yeah, it's very reasonably priced. A powerful voice was a fifteen-year-old girl that stood up and spoke. She was really good. Um, so many, so many good people. I can't even say it all. Um, one of my favorite uh, naturalists was there. Larry Brown, he was really good. Um, I don't I can go on and I could talk all day about the Julie and the writer's workshop. I'm hoping that it comes back next year. Uh, Julie does put it together. It's a lot of work for her, so hoping that Julie bites the bullet and brings it back again next year. Yeah, I missed a couple of my friends, um, Susanna DeBaca, a poet and uh, publisher, I believe that's CEO or publisher of the Des Moines Business Record, fine, fine poet. She she wasn't able to make it, and Mary Swander, former poet, laureate of Iowa, writes ag arts. She wasn't there. 
But I mean, only not everybody can make it every year, but we missed them. Going from excellent media members, excellent writers, to horrible media member and just awful person in general, Rupert Murdoch has decided to step down as the president of Fox and News Corp. He has handed the reins to his son, Lachlan. Your thoughts on Rupert Murdoch? In my opinion, one of the really one of the worst people of the past and this current century. Yeah, I don't know. I think the devil's warming up his chair in hell for Rupert. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Just that he's, I mean, without him, America would be a much, the world would be a much better, better place. He's, he made billions of dollars off of stoking fear and division. And it's just, it's reprehensible. Yeah, just reprehensible. What can I say? I don't know much about Lachlan. The rumors are that his sons are a little bit less right-leaning as he is, but I don't think, I mean, the business model has been set. I don't see them changing things too much. Otherwise, they're going to lose money, and I guarantee they care more about their their money than they do their ideology. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much it is about money. Um, I think it's about power. I mean, how much more money can they possibly need? And so it's just about power and control and turning the rest of us into puppets. I guess one of the sons, not the one that took it over, is more left-leaning. But here I want to make sure that we say we don't use the term conservative because there's nothing conservative about Rupert Murdoch or Donald Trump or any of the MAGA people. There's nothing conservative. They're destroying America. It's a cult. And, uh, And Trump is the disruptive force. All the money people behind him are the are the truly nefarious ones let's get into some cock talk we did miss a few things that freedom and faith coalition their annual banquet was held actually the saturday two saturdays ago so i want to discuss that a little bit but first tim scott is just digging himself a hole that he will not be able to get back out of so this is uh from really did this past week kind of happened on Thursday. So after invoking the legacy of Ronald Reagan to suggest that striking United Auto Workers members should be fired for demanding higher wages, Senator Tim Scott, a Republican from South Carolina, may soon find himself before the National Labor Relations Board. On Thursday, Sean Fain, the president of UAW, filed a complaint claiming that Scott's utterance violated federal labor law Under the National Labor Relations Act, anyone can file a charge against an employer, even if they do not work for that employer. The complaint accuses Scott of violating the section of the NLRA that lays out employees' rights to participate in labor actions. Quote, within the past six months, the employer has interfered with, restrained, or coerced employees in the exercise of the rights guaranteed in Section 7 of the Act. On Monday, September 18th, Tim Scott threatened employees with adverse consequences if they engage in protected, concerted activity by publicly responding to a question about striking workers as follows. Quote, this is Tim Scott, you strike, you're fired, end quote. What that is just dumb beyond belief. Right. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. You know, I thought that Tim Scott would be, I don't know, I thought maybe he had a chance, but I've been to a number of his events. I mean, I've told you before he's called me, I want to do the interview, I since haven't gotten. But he's very shallow. Yeah. There's no, there's no real deep knowledge about anything. And, and all was, of his ads, the ads that are running right now is if you're able-bodied, you better be working. And it's like, we are, man. Mm-hmm. 
that's already the freaking case. Yeah. Like, if that's your big thing to rally the vote, you just have no freaking clue what's going on in America. Yeah. No, we are working record numbers, and, you know, not everybody can work, and we understand, and that's what the safety net is for. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they get people that, you know, you know, bust their knuckles, turning wrenches, work, you know, as welders or in grocery stores, chained to keyboards, you know, working construction. I don't know how anybody can vote for any of them. Well, and it's sickening, too, because you know that Tim Scott's just saying what every, well, I shouldn't say every, but what many other Republicans do believe. So if you're trying to win in places, which they are, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, let's piss off the union workers. That's a great winning strategy, Tim. Yeah. No, it was dumb. It was dumb. And, yeah, just, I don't know. They're <laughs> only, the only one left that, I don't know, has a chance is Nikki Haley, and she's got her own problems. She's also, she hasn't handled this thing about the strike either. You go stand in the picket line for the American people. Right. Yeah, and that's what Joe Biden is doing. It is, yeah. yeah. He went up to Michigan or is going up to yeah. Michigan to be there with the striking workers. And we'll get to Nikki Haley in a minute, but I did mention that Faith and Freedom Coalition annual banquet. It was held on September 16th. This is from ABC. Hoping to cut into Donald Trump's support at a major Iowa gathering of evangelical Christians, several of his top rivals on Saturday mostly avoided direct criticism of him on abortion and other issues key to social conservatives. The Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition's annual banquet is traditionally a marquee event on the Republican primary calendar, but the former president skipped it, leaving a mostly muted crowd of more than 1,000 pastors and activists to instead hear from several candidates running far behind Trump. The primary field split on abortion was once again on display, with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying restrictions on the procedure should be left to the states, a position similar to Trump's, while former Vice President Mike Pence referred to Trump as his, quote, former running mate and said he was uh, wrong to oppose a national abortion ban. While the audience was overwhelmingly anti-abortion, Pence's push for a 15-week ban got only a tepid applause, reflecting some national Republicans' concerns that Democrats are winning on abortion rights issues after last year's Supreme Court ruling overturning the Roe v. Wade decision. DeSantis, who has struggled to solidify himself as the GOP primary's number two behind Trump, declined to say he'd back a federal abortion ban. Instead, he said states have done more on the issue. Yeah, I don't, this is a winning issue for Democrats. We saw this in Kansas during that special election. Right. And Republicans don't like to talk about it. They bring it up, but there's not a lot of talk of it. They know it's a losing issue. And then, you know, and you can, you know, talk about you know, six weeks or 16 weeks or whatever. But things seem to work pretty well with, with Roe v. Wade in place. Right. And Trump knew it was a, was a losing issue. He said it right at the time. He says this is a big mistake. Yeah, now he's taking credit for overturning it. He right. had truthed his truth social account, had said that I'm the person that put in the justices that made Roe v. Wade go away. So Which is true, but he wants every side of every issue. So, you know, so people can, can so Fox News and Newsmax and whoever can construct him in their image. They cherry pick what they want their audiences to hear from him. So he says everything and then they cherry pick what they think the audience wants to hear. And it's so odd because he's always put up as this paragon of masculinity, the man's man. He doesn't drink. 
at all. He's afraid to exercise. He's the furthest you could get from what most Iowans or Midwesterners would think of as a man's man. Right. And there's all kinds of words. He wears going. makeup. <laughs> well, did you see that he didn't want to wear the whole reason why he didn't want to wear a face mask during COVID-19 was because his bronzer, his orange makeup would get on the straps. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a farce. There's so, so the reason why half of the people didn't wear masks during COVID-19 was because he didn't want to get makeup on straps. Yeah. No, he's not a man's man. No. I mean, there's all kinds of words going through my head I'd like to say, but won't. Sure. I think we're probably in agreement. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that are screaming at their car stereo or however they might be listening. That, yeah, he's just a piece of crap. Yeah. And a wimp. Yeah. I kick his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Line him up. Dr. Bob's taking on all comers, man. I'm an old wrestler. I can handle those old I'm guys. I'm sure you would totally whoop the crap out of him. I guarantee Trump's never been in a fight in his entire life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I wouldn't hurt him, but I'd humiliate him. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. But it is some, you know, once, when you're a wrestler, you, you think that way. You're taught to think that way. Can I beat that guy and so you do it's in your head it's right like, it was you're always sizing up yeah and you always think that and you and what also that comes good from wrestling is that you also know that maybe the littlest guy in the room is the one that can kick your ass for sure yes they are often the absolute more most horrific people to wrestle yeah the quiet guy the little the squirrely guy yeah yeah <laughs> come at you like a squirrel monkey uh so i mentioned we were going to get to nikki haley and she's kind of taking a different route on the abortion issue. So as Republican candidates look to find a winning message on abortion, Haley gained attention when she called for consensus and compassion on the issue during the first Republican debate last month. She again brought her message to Iowans during Saturday night's banquet. Again, that's the uh, Freedom and Faith Coalition. Uh, quote, can't we all agree that no woman that has an abortion should get a prison sentence or the death penalty? Haley asked after rattling off a series of maternal health care policies she feels both parties can agree on. Another quote, let's start there, because if you go and put these restrictions that make people demonize each other, I'm not going to be a part of the demonizing. We have to humanize this issue, end quote. Following her trip to Iowa, a Fox Business poll released on Wednesday, this was just a week ago, last Wednesday, found that Haley has more than doubled her support in the state since July. Haley is pulling in third at 11% behind Ron DeSantis at 15%, and Donald Trump has slipped a little bit now in Iowa. He's at 46%. Yeah, so Haley is climbing up. Well, DeSantis is holding. I mean, it's like nothing he can do is right, and then the media won't you know, cut him a break. Right. So they're harder on him than Trump, which is very odd. They are. He's just got a cloud, a rain cloud over him all the time. Right. He well, I mean, Trump is a likable person. No, he's not. To Trump a lot of people, not he, to a lot of people, he is. I don't know if they think he's likable. They just like that he's a bully because they want to be a bully, and he gives them a permission structure to do so. He's not a guy that you're going to sit down and have a beer with. You don't even want to have breakfast. He doesn't drink beer. Well, he's a yeah. teetotaler. Good for him, but it's not somebody you want to sit with and talk to because he's just going to figure out a way to belittle you before the lunch is over. The cup well, of you and I over. know that. Republicans, his cult, don't feel that way. They feel that he is their friend. 
he they feel that he is their sharp spear. I don't know if they think he's their friend. Okay, I'll grant you that. I'm still not entirely sure that's the case. They're so warped. They live in an alternate reality that I do think that they think that Trump is a man of the people, that they could sit down in a cafe and and share some jokes with him. Whereas Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, is not the kind of person that you would share jokes with at Manny's Diner. No, he's going to scold me for what I... Uh, you know, decide to eat <laughs> yeah. or drink like he did as a kid. He seems like a scold, exactly. Yeah, Trump, you could go to McDonald's with. <laughs> there you go. See. Yeah, maybe you're maybe you're right. I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just what I'm really trying to highlight though is that I think you're right. I think Haley might actually have the best chance of unseating Trump, and she's also not afraid, unlike Ron DeSantis, to go after Trump and disagree with him. Yeah, you know. She said it, you know, I don't know. I just can't believe that they're not getting behind her now that Tim Scott is a flop because the third state is hers. Yeah. So, yeah, they she does well in And she's Iowa. doing some event with Marionette Miller-Meek. She's got, like, some annual barbecue thing, so Nikki Haley's going to be at that, too. So she's making friends with the right people. I mean, it'd be good to, to be an event with a sitting congressperson. So DeSantis, it does seem like he's got a lot of the Republican senators and, and House members in the state of Iowa endorsing him, or at least almost endorsing him. Even the governor has basically endorsed Ron DeSantis. But Nikki Haley looks like she's starting to chip away at that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if DeSantis folds. Just folds. I don't think he's very popular even in Florida anymore. No. I've seen headlines recently that a lot of Florida Republicans are looking for other candidates for the governorship. And he's tired of this. He's tired of walking around Iowa talking to people he doesn't want to talk to. He's If there's an excuse, he's going to find it yeah. to get out. That's what I think. So this isn't talk talk, but Bob Menendez, get the hell out of here. Yeah. He's under all sorts of investigations for taking bribes, giving away secrets. The latest thing was they found literally like bundles of thousands of dollars in cash. And his excuse was that he does that periodically. And one of his excuses was growing up in Cuba or being from a Cuban family. It's like, dude, (laughs) this isn't Cuba. And you don't have to worry about your assets being seized from the government. Yeah, he just needs out. Seriously. Yeah, removing from And he's a Democrat, by the way. If you're unfamiliar, he's a senator from some northeastern state. I can't remember. Was it Connecticut, Massachusetts? New Jersey. New Jersey. Of course. Of course it's New Jersey. So, yeah, get out. And that's the thing. If it's a Republican senator, all the Republicans are going to rally behind them and say, no, you've got it all wrong. He's a great guy, great father, great grandfather, etc. But I've yet to see any Democrats say anything other than get the hell out. Yeah, no. A lot of people, Chuck Schumer can just take him, you know, remove him from all committees, and that would work. Yeah. Yeah, that's what needs to be done. It needs to be done now. If he won't get out, get him out. And I'm not sure when he's up for election again. Of course, senators have six-year terms, so not exactly sure when the New Jersey voters would have a chance to kick him out themselves. Well, somebody's declared against him. I've, I've so it is coming I'm up fairly soon. It's coming then. up soon. Well, hopefully it is. Yeah, but he just needs to get out. Democrats aren't members of a cult. Right. 
And so the MAGA people are members of a cult. Well, they're lemmings that are about to take us all off the cliff because we're going to shut down the government again, probably. That's yeah. coming up at the end of this month. We don't have a farm bill. That's also expiring at the same time, coming up at the end of this month. So Republicans are just showing time and time again that they cannot govern. They can't even govern themselves. They don't want to govern. They want the government to be broke. Yeah. Forever. Because that's when, if the government's broke, then that's why they can, that's how they complain that the government isn't working. So then they want to privatize everything so they can make all the money. So the purpose is to break government. I think it's also probably at this point to make Kevin McCarthy look bad for a lot of the Republican House members. I mean, Matt Gates and that whole crew, Marjorie Taylor Greene, want him out. This might be another tactic from them to force him out. Maybe, but I can't believe those people. I can't believe they hold any elective office at all. Yeah. They're just terrible people. The well, now Matt Gates is supposedly going to be running for senator. Maybe even run for governor if they if DeSantis were to vacate If they elect that seat. him, the people of Florida are stupid. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Florida here. Yeah, stupid. The people of Florida are generally not the brightest. I mean, they've already elected Ron DeSantis. Yeah, it's just bad. Well, I guess that we, I mean, look what Iowans have done too. So we've supported Trump. I just don't get it. It's not... The United States I grew up in, that's for sure, where conservatives were actually conservative and you could have talks. And when conservatives actually wanted to build things like the interstate and did all kinds of good bipartisan things that were good for us all. But Ronald Reagan ended all, well, Richard Nixon ended all that. And then Reagan just put it in hyperdrive. Well, well, yeah. I mean, Tim Scott, as I said earlier, taking a page out of Reagan's playbook and demonizing unions. Yeah. And telling them, if you strike, you're fired. We'll what an elitist in. thing to say. Yeah. How out of touch. Yeah, to side with the millionaires and billionaires at right. Ford Motor Company. That make, you know, 400 times what the average worker does. This, spoiler alert, don't do fucking shit. Yeah. That's right. None of those people that make millions of dollars, any of those people, you couldn't replace the people that are working on the line in Ford. You could train them, but it's going to cost a lot of money. I, You or I could go into the Ford Motor Company and do whatever the fuck the CFO does. Well, I don't. I wouldn't go that far, but there's a lot of good, well-qualified people that could do it. I think we could do it. And they can pro- Show me be- where your spreadsheets are, <laughs> and I'll figure it out. And, the, and they'd probably be willing to do it for, you know, 500000 a year. Right. Not $34 million or whatever. Exactly. Let's take a wider scope now. Speaking of unions, union leaders in Hollywood studios reached a tentative agreement Sunday to end a historic screenwriter strike after nearly five months, though no deal is yet in the works for striking actors. The Writers Guild of America announced the deal with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the group that represents studios, streaming services, and producers in negotiations. Quote, WGA has reached a tentative agreement with AMPTP, And this was made possible by the enduring solidarity of WGA members and extraordinary support of our union siblings who joined us on the picket lines for over 146 days. The three-year contract agreement settled on after five marathon days of renewed talks by negotiators between WGA and the AMPTP must be approved by the Guild's board and members before the strike officially ends. But it does look like it is finally over. So now we just need the actors to figure something out. Uh, with the same group. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, 
I keep thinking, I mean, these writers are still writing. I mean, we're going to have some good stuff when they get back. The <laughs> right. actors are back in. So, yeah. I mean, I know they're still writing, but no, they've, the whole thing has changed with streaming. They're not getting the residuals they used to get. And so it was time for a change, time for a strike. Um, I just hope the actors come back. I think the act, all of them, none of them are paid that much money. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we all think of, when you think of the actors' union, most people think of, you know, Kate Blanchett and Leo DiCaprio and the people that make millions upon millions of dollars for every movie they make. But the vast majority of the people that are in that actors' union are like most other people, living paycheck to paycheck. They might have a second or third job to fill in those holes when they're not getting those acting roles. So, And a lot of them didn't have health insurance or dental insurance. So those were the things that they are currently still fighting for for the actors yeah well i mean I think of all the long. people that are you know that are acting or you know bit parts on criminal minds and csi and just just trying to get enough work to pay the bills and that's the vast majority of that union starving artists exactly i mean they really are so we got some good news here too the biden administration on wednesday announced an executive action to create the american climate corps program which will aim to train 20,000 young people for jobs focused on fighting climate change. According to the White House, the program is a federal effort to, quote, ensure more young people have access to the skills-based training necessary for good-paying careers in the clean energy and climate resilience economy, end quote. Those who enroll in the program will learn how to install solar panels, restore coastal wetlands, retrofit homes to be more energy efficient, fight wildfires, and more. The program also intends to create a pipeline for these young people to get hired into the clean energy sector, which is expected to add millions of jobs by 2030, due in large part to Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, which represented the largest ever federal investment in fighting climate change. It was an incredible piece of legislation. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's another reason why we need to make sure that we're electing Democrats, because that all goes away if you elect a Republican. Any effort again, you know, try to you know work with climate change, practice you know, um, you know better farming practices, you know anything with electric vehicles, it's all over. And yeah, that's why we need to vote Democratic. And a lot of the things that we're talking about are irrelevant, like the age of Biden, the age of Trump, which isn't any different. Those are red herrings to me. Because what we're fighting against is what it is, is it's democracy versus authoritarianism. And any Democrat in those offices would be better than any Republican in those offices today. Any MAGA Republican anyway. Yeah. So that's what the fight is about. Democracy versus authoritarianism. And so that's so all this debate about age and all of this other stuff, there's only one thing that matters. Do you want our democracy to continue? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Uh, you know what I don't want to continue? Brian Ferentz's career as the offensive coordinator for the Iowa Hawkeyes. How many, how many times have I told you that he needs to go and so does his, his dad? I'm ready, man. Well, who isn't? I don't even watch anymore. I mean, that's not, that doesn't really mean anything, but it's just like, it's so sad. A great program. I wish I don't. Yeah, I wish I didn't watch anymore. There's a game, I think it's next Saturday, not this Saturday, but it'll be streaming on Peacock. And a few years ago, I would have gotten, you know, paid the $6 or whatever a month for Peacock just to get that one game. 
I don't think I'm going to waste my money and, and watch Iowa versus Purdue on Peacock. What Brian needs to say is thank you, Iowa. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you for giving me all of these years. I so much appreciate it. I am so much better for the time that I have spent here. I hope I've provided some value, but thank you. The time for me to step down is now. Dr. Bob is a PR genius. Uh, <laughs> check out Better PR on Substack because that's perfect. Just off the top of your head, that'd be a great thing for him to say, but he never will. But then he would be, you know, everybody would say, well, good for him. He's a good man. Instead, they're going to hate him until he's fired. Right. Would you rather go out with people thinking you did your best and that you are a good person with values and care about your state and your team? Or do you want them to think that you're just, uh, you know, greedy, hanging in for the money of it kind of guy because your daddy... You know, gave you that opportunity. No, go out with dignity now. And there's very much, we've talked many times about Trump leading a cult. I don't think Kirk is leading a cult, but there is a cult around Kirk Ferentz in the state of Iowa that no matter what he does, whether it's the racism allegations, they had to fire his strength coach. He's had a lot of, you know, he almost killed 18 players, the strength coach did, and then Kirk Ferentz gave that strength coach the only time he ever awarded an assistant coach of the year for the Iowa program was right after Chris Doyle almost killed 16 or 18 Iowa players. So there's many different things you can go through and say that he's not worthy of all this love. But if he's going down with a ship that is his son, let him go. Yeah, it's, it's time for both to go. Let's reboot with, you know, some, you know, some good, young, talented coaches and have some fun and play some fun football, not this dreary, dull, you know, dragging through the dirt crap (laughs) from, you know, the 1960s. Well, I think it goes even before the 1960s. They're playing the kind of football that they didn't even wear helmets yet. Yeah. Time for him to go. We, we had 79 yards of total offense in the whole game against Penn State. Granted, Penn State has a very, very good defense, but that was just a pathetic offensive effort. The defense still looks fantastic, but the offense, of which Kirk Ferentz is the offensive coordinator, he just is. He's an offensive line coach, and he is the offensive coordinator. Brian just does what his dad wants him to do. So that's the other thing, too, people blaming, blaming the offensive line coach and blaming Brian Ferentz. Kirk. Kirk Ferentz is the offensive line coach and the offensive coordinator. Time for them both to go. Agreed. So back to good news. My Minnesota Twins are in the playoffs, baby. I didn't know that until you told me that. Yeah. That's they fun. clinched on Friday night. Had a big party afterwards, and of course, the hangover game on Saturday, they lost one to nothing, but they did come back on Sunday to beat the Angels 9-3. So yeah, the Twins are in the playoffs. They've clinched the Central Division in the American League, and now they will find out who they're going to play in the first round. And they still have an outside chance of getting a bye into the divisional round playoffs. So we don't know who they're playing yet? Not yet. It's looking like probably the Astros, but there's still quite a bit of, because there's still a full week left. Most teams have five or six games left to play. So, yeah, there's still some things to be figured out, but the Twins are for sure in the playoffs. Well, if they're playing against the Astros, I might have to watch a game and cheer for them. Please. 
I, I think everybody's going to be a Twins fan. Whoever plays the Astros, yeah. of course, has a lot of people on their side. Screw the Astros. Cheaters. Absolutely. All right. Time for top five, unless you've got anything else. Anything stewing over the last week that you wanted to get out or get off your chest? Um, no, it's just, you know, so much happening. And, you know, in politics, it's, you know, fun to follow along. I'm speaking to the Dallas County Democrats. I believe it's Friday night. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so that's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be really what cool. I'm going to say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, do a little you'll traveling. Figure, you'll figure something yeah. out. Yeah. You're obviously a pretty darn good writer. And you could probably just talk off the cuff and do well. Huh? Well. I like to prepare for things like that. <laughs> not this necessarily. No, for... not this. I don't have. <laughs> I'm too busy preparing for those kinds of things. Plus, you do all the preparation for us, Spencer. Why should I prepare? That's right. So I do have a top five. You asked me last week to pick a top five band slash musicians with an Iowa tie. Yes. So we'll start off with number five. By the way, there wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> no. Uh. So this is probably going to be a pretty generic list, to be quite honest. But number five is Meredith Wilson. Music Man. Music Man. Also wrote the Iowa Fight song. Yep. River City. That's right. Number four is The Killers. Do you know why The Killers is on the list? Because they're from Iowa, and one of them's from Pella. Just one is from Iowa. I think they're actually from... Well, I know they were formed in Las Vegas, so I think most of the members of the band are from Vegas. But Dave Koonin of Pella is the lead guitarist of the Killers. I interviewed him. That's what I thought you did. Nice guy. Yeah. Number three is Glenn Miller. Fantastic. Probably one of your favorites as you were growing up, the big band era. (laughs) (laughs) It was before my time. Yeah, but no, In the Mood, what a great song. I mean, lots of great songs. Born in Clorinda. He's a Clorinda Cardinal. So Glenn Miller... I did not know this, but the discography of American Historical Recordings notes in only four years, Glenn Miller scored 16, count them, 16 number one records, and the band's 69 nice top hits were more than Elvis Presley and the Beatles got in their careers. So more more top hits than either the Beatles or Elvis Presley. Amazing. He was huge back in the day. I mean, yeah, back in that big band jazz era, he was the best-known band leader. I wonder if we'll ever get back to big bands. I mean, that was fun. That's a good question. The dance music. Well, yeah, Romance, back in the 90s beauty. for a while, there was ska. Like, ska made a comeback yeah. for a while in the 90s, and there was some, like, big bands like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and there was a few other bands that had, you know, the different, the brass sections and the stand-up bass and that and sort of stuff. When they do that, it's so magnificent. The, the, you know, like when they do... Stairway to Heaven or something like that. And you got the big bands right. I mean, behind them and the percussion. And a lot of anthems are like that. They're really good. Yeah. My guess is no, and you know why? Money. Because you can create so many of those sounds with a computer now. Mm-hmm. Why pay 20 different artists to go on tour when you can create, you know, pretty much all of those instruments on a computer and then just go tour with, you know, you and... That's too bad that, you know, um, one of my favorite songs in the last few years was Dua Lipa's uh, Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. And there was some That's right. really cool orchestration in that. Elton John's done some 
good things too yeah. recently with yeah he had a duet with uh britney spears the yeah, tiny dancer really remix uh, number two we're up to number two on the list again this is top five bands or musicians with an iowa tie number two is slipknot from des moines that's right yeah very popular Still very popular. And Corey Taylor is the lead singer for several different... Uh, Stone Sour is one of them. And I think... I can't remember. Nathan Sage is going to kill me for forgetting this because Slipknot is one of his favorite bands. But yeah, Slipknot has been honestly one of the biggest rock bands for the past 25 straight years. I mean, back when I was in high school, they were huge. And they still put on huge shows and sell out stadiums and sell records. I mean, they're, they're big time. And scary videos. Very scary. <laughs> and didn't one of them die? Yes, uh, one of them died of an, a drug overdose in a Des Moines hotel, actually. Uh, yeah, and I think there might have been another one that died, too. I don't know if it was a drug overdose, because Slipknot is not necessarily a big band, but they do have a lot of members. I mean, a lot of different uh, guys play instruments for the band, and yeah, formed in Des Moines. Are you ready for number one? Yep. TLC. Crazy, sexy, cool. You like TLC? I will admit that when I saw your list, I never heard of them. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Oh, that's great. Song. That's TLC. Yeah, that's great. It's actually one of the first CDs I ever bought. I don't remember a lot of the names. I listened to a lot of younger people's music, but I remember that. And I, you know, I hardly ever do research. But when I saw the, um, then this group. And you had somebody's name, I forget, T. Uh, yeah, so, so the reason why they're even on this list is because T-Boz, who is the T in TLC, there's also Lisa Left Eye Lopez and Chili is the C in TLC. Well, T-Boz was born in Des Moines and then moved to Atlanta when she was nine years old. So she spent the first nine years in Des Moines. And I don't know why this is coming to my head, but I'm pretty sure that she still has family in Des Moines. Like, I think she's seen every once in a while in Des Moines, you know, out to eat or at the mall or whatever. Nine years old. That's how old Herbert Hoover was when he left and went to California with his family. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't do any research. But when I saw <laughs> the top of your list, I had to look her up. Yeah. And a, sort of a tragic story. The whole group has kind of a tragic story. Lisa Left Eye Lopez died in a plane crash herself. Um, she also lit her boyfriend at the time's house on fire Andre Risen. do you remember Andre Risen? Yeah. he played for the Atlanta Falcons well yeah Lisa Left Eye Lopez was the one that torched his house so wow. yeah that's the girlfriend from hell yeah very much so yeah but apparently she's had well first she had sickle cell disease that's right yeah and then you know a brain tumor the size of a grape that they had a hard time um, trying to figure out what to do since she had sickle cell um, disease, but then it affected her. The tumor on her brain affected her singing voice, her balance, her dancing, everything. Yeah. And then she's like bankrupt. So out of all of that came sadness. Right. Yeah, it is kind of a heartbreaking story. The story of TLC. They actually did just do a movie, like a made-for-TV movie, not too long ago about TLC and everything that they had been through. Yeah, Crazy Sexy Cool was the album that one of the first CDs that I ever bought. It was that, uh, Aaliyah, Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, and Foo Schnickens. Do you remember Foo Schnickens? Uh, no, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
They were good, man. They were, yeah, they were a rap group. And uh, No, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's your top five. What's next week? That was a good one. I mean, I learned a lot. Yeah. So thank you. My, You're welcome. Next week, um, oh boy, this is tough. Uh, how about best novels set in Iowa? Got it. Doesn't have to be by an island. Set. Just set in Iowa. Yeah. So Bridges of Madison County. Yeah, it's probably not one of them. <laughs> Not a lot of critical acclaim for that one. It was hugely selling, though. Yeah, it was. That and was probably one of the best-selling novels of the 20th century. I think that guy's name's Robert Waller. I think he was a new uh, UNI professor and never just decided to write a novel. And Boom. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so no, but you know, it wasn't critically acclaimed. Yeah. Field of Dreams. That was a good one. Yeah. All right, we yeah. should stop talking. We don't want to give away... All yeah. of our top five next week. You don't want to, to talk do some about Rake and Sella? No. All right. I won't. We can wait. next week. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Anything else before we... Sounds good. No. Sorry. <laughs> You'll take that out, won't you? Uh, your water bottle... Dropping. Dropping. Uh, we your, might leave it in. It was your water bottle. Not we might just bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday morning. So this, of course, dropping on Tuesday morning. Our schedules are just a little bit wonky these next couple of weeks so yep make sure to subscribe to our Substack iowa revolution you can also follow us on twitter at iowa revolution you can also follow us on facebook dr bob has deep midwest politics and culture on Substack. make sure you follow him that's where you'll find his ken rosenboom piece he also just put one up a kind of a recap about the okaboji writers retreat basically just a thank you letter to julie gamick and everybody that helps put that on and then you also have cedar creek nature notes which is always a fun you can also follow that one on instagram too because you post a lot of pictures from your walks in the woods on instagram under that cedar creek nature notes page yeah, I try to post one a day. Yeah, very cool stuff, like frogs and spiders, and you might get a chance to see your dog walking around. Or, yeah, yeah, it's fun. No it's, politics. No politics there. So, All Dr. positive. Dr. Bob, we will see you next week. Uh, it was good to see you again, and uh, yeah, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, me neither. Thanks, guys.